Welcome back. If you were with us last month, and if you weren't, if this is your first time, we're so happy that you're here. I hope you were able to get some cheesecake. I hope somebody saved me some cheesecake. If not, we're going to have some trouble. No, I'm just kidding. But I am... Thank you, Cliff. Very nice. Yes. I'm very thankful. I'm this, this, it's a an army of people that make this happen, and so I'm so thankful for each one of them, and I'm so glad that you are here um, tonight, and well, tonight we're just going to dive right in, and actually, a few weeks ago, um, I was in my community group, yes, ladies, you know what I'm going to talk about, maybe, I don't know, and we were discussing something or another, I legit cannot remember what exactly we were talking about, but I remember this specific conversation that we were having, um, and we were talking about, um, all of a sudden we got on the subject of how so many uh, different beliefs and religions in the world have different books and how they're all so good at memorizing and reading their books and they treasure them and they, and they know them and they memorize them. And somebody in the group stopped the conversation and she, she interrupted in her very unique way and she said, and how about us Christians? You know, we have the one, the only one book, ask me if I know a verse. You know, and we all started laughing because of the way that she said it. But to be honest with you, it's not that funny, is it? I mean, I laughed because she's hilarious, but I, it stuck with me because I started thinking she's so right. We have the one book, and it's supposed to be our book. It's supposed to be our life. It's supposed to be our everything, and yet... Have you ever considered how little attention we can give it? How little attention, how little authority we give it in our lives? How little importance we actually give the Bible? And certainly, I'm sure, you know, we all like the popular verses in our coffee mugs and in our Instagram posts, you know, a really nice picture with a sunset and, you know, something, something very inspirational we put at the bottom. And that's fine. And we love to hear all about how God is going to bless us and how he has all these marvelous out-of-the-world plans for us. But what about the rest of it? What about the Bible in our day-to-day stuff? What about the nitty-gritty of my life? The hard choices, the doubts, the moments where I don't really understand what God is doing in my life. What about the wonderings? Where is it then? Where do we turn to then? When it comes to the things that actually make up my life, is the Word of God actually the authority in my life? Is it the voice that I allow to speak over every other voice, even my own? And I've asked myself these questions a lot. How can we actually let the Word of God be the authority, be the voice that shuts out every other voice in our lives if, in all honesty, we barely spend time in it? We have a few earmarks here and there, but do you know it? Are you in it? Do you believe it? Do you treasure it? Is it the guideline for your life? 
How are you actually making decisions in your life? What sets the tone for your life? How can we actually live this life the way God intended it if we don't look at the manual he left for us behind? I want to read with you Psalm 119. Not the whole of it. I am aware it includes like 150 verses. Do not worry. Um, Just a few. So follow along. Yes, some will pop up up there. You can read along with me there. Or you can have your Bible, your iPhone, whatever you like. Let's start with Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping watch on himself according to your word. Conforming his life to your precepts. With all of my heart I sought you, inquiring of you and longing for you. Do not let me wander from your commandments, neither through ignorance nor by willful disobedience. Your word I have treasured and stored in my heart that I may not sin against you. I will meditate on your precepts and thoughtfully regard your ways, the path of life established by your precepts. I will delight in your, in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word, treasuring it and being guided by it day by day. And I love this one. It says, open my eyes, open my eyes to spiritual truth, to the word, so that I may behold wonderful things from your law. Let's pray. Jesus, we come to you humbly, Lord. We come to you because we can't do this by ourselves, God, and we don't want to. We want you to speak. We want, you, we want to have hearts that want to listen to you. So I pray tonight, Father, be with my mouth and the words that come out of it. Let it be your words. Speak to our hearts. Give us teachable hearts, hearts that long to love you and to know you. In your name we pray. Amen. Now see, God's word is not just meant to be um, a suggestion or a tip on how to have a better life. God's word is just that, his words to his people. He expresses his wills, his commands. It is a map, a guide for my life. And the verses that we just read, we can find questions and answers, things that maybe you have wondered yourself. How can I keep my life pure? How can I live this Christian life and actually stay pure? How can I fight the sin that I'm having such a hard time with? How do I do it? How can I know God's will for my life? What does he require of me? How can I find good and wise counsel for my life? And everything points back to one thing. His word. His word. His word. Treasuring it. Keeping it. Honoring it. Obeying it. Asking God, open my eyes so that I can actually understand what you're saying to me. I don't know if many of you are married or have had a father like this, but I have a father and a husband who are sort of like this. I'm sorry, honey. Um, but you know, you know when you're driving or your husband or your dad were driving and going somewhere and you know your mom maybe or you printed a map and a guy, this is way back in the day before GPS, guys, but you know, and you're telling him, listen, man, I have it here. This is how we go. I got it. 
I know where to go. But we've never been here before. I have in my gut, I know where I'm going. I just feel it. And you're like, no, we are going to be lost in the woods. I got it. An hour and a half later, he still doesn't have it, and you're nowhere where you need to be. Yes? And finally, sometimes they're like, fine, give me the map. And you end up where you need to go, right? We are so much like that. Some of us, in some seasons and times in our lives, we are just like the dad in the car. I got it. I feel it in my gut. I know where I'm going. I know what I got to do. I know how to solve my own problems. I don't need the map. I don't need the GPS. I don't need it. I have it. I will figure it out. We go with our feelings. We go with our intuition. We think we can figure things out. And the truth of the matter is, is that we don't have it. We don't. We need him. Some of us even follow Jesus based on how he makes us feel. If he makes me feel happy today, then I'm good, all good with Jesus. But if Jesus confronts me or makes me feel uncomfortable in some way, then maybe I just don't really know. Yes, Jesus is something to be experienced and lived and felt, but you know what? We don't follow him based on how we feel or how he makes us feel. Trust me, that is never going to be enough. That's not going to hold you through life. We follow him because we have understood that there is no good for us outside of him. Because we have understood from his word that he is the way, and he is the truth, and he is the life. What is going to sustain us when life gets really hard? What is going to be our anchor for our souls? What is going to remind us that he is good when we don't see that he's good? His word. It's his only his word. When we meditate in his word, when we fill our thoughts and our minds and our hearts with his word, with his precepts, when we embrace it, when we ask God to give us vision spiritually to see what he's trying to say and we renew our minds, then you know what's going to happen? We are going to start seeing life the way he does. We're going to see it his way, not our way. And yes, you may be thinking, well, Paula, the Bible doesn't speak specifically to a lot of things. He, didn't, he doesn't say, Janine, you must marry a man named Jason. That only happened way back then, guys. It does not happen anymore, okay? He does not speak like that, yes? He doesn't tell you who you must marry or when you must marry or who or where you're going to live or where should you stay or... No, I know that. It's not that specific, but it's for a reason, because it speaks to all of us. It speaks to all of us, to all of our circumstances. It gives us guidance and instruction. And as we allow the word, as I put my mind under his instruction, he will shape me. He will change me. He will transform and renew my mind so that when I face life, I don't even have to ask that much anymore because I'm constantly so renewed. I'm constantly knowing his thoughts that it's going to be natural that I will know. He will guide me because his word will be inside of me and in me and it will be alive in me. 
But how can we have his mind if we don't know him? If we don't spend time knowing his thoughts and his ways? If you want to do God's will for your life, then you, my friend, have to become a student of the word. You and I must purpose our lives to be women of the word. Women of God's word, of his word, of what he says to us. And the truth is that in the past, I myself have been many things. I've been a woman of my feelings. I've been a woman of my emotions. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand because I am sure you've been there with me. We've been guided by how we feel and what we see and our circumstances. And I, I knew that if I did not purpose myself to be in this word, I was going to be lost. Because I'm very emotional. Because I feel all the feels. So if I don't steady them, I have a problem. And this is the only way to do it. I had to invest in it. I had to make time for it. I had to put my life under his instruction. Let it overtake me. My will, my thoughts, my desires, my preconceived notions, my excuses. I had to toss out what I thought I knew and come to him as a student and say, teach me, God. Teach me. Teach me. I want to learn. Look at what the rest of Psalm 119 says. We're going to be reading a few other verses. Psalm 119, 24, 26 says this. Your testimonies are also my delight and my counselors. My earthly life clings to the dust. Revive and refresh me according to your word. I have told of my ways and you have answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts so that I will meditate, focus my thoughts on your wonderful works. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. The unfolding of your glorious words gives light. The unfolding, their unfolding gives understanding to the simple. This is the attitude that we should approach God with. Teach me. Instruct me. Make me understand. Unfold your word before me so that I know what you want from me. This is an attitude that says, I don't know everything and I don't understand everything, but Jesus, I want to. I want to. There's a quote that should be popping up. Um, this quote is by C.S. Lewis. Maybe you've heard of him. He's kind of well-known. C.S. Lewis, I think, spoke for all Christians when he wrote this. He says, my idea of God is not a divine idea. It has to be shattered time after time. He shatters it himself. He is the great, and I'm not sure how to say this word, iconoclast, we'll go with that. Could he not almost say that this shattering is one of the marks of his presence? What is he saying here? You know what he's saying? That we deceive ourselves all the time. We conjure up this image of God based on our feelings and our desires and what we like and what we think is good. But when his word actually comes and illuminates our minds and our hearts, we are encountered with the truth and it shatters 
everything that is actually not right, and it forms a right image of God. The Word of God brings comfort, but it also confronts you. The Word of God rebukes you, but it also restores you. The Word of God shatters all your wrong notions, but it also saves you from them. And until we see him face to face, we desperately need for him to be doing this over and over in our lives. We come with so many ideas and preconceived notions, input from our daily encounters and the world. We feed our minds with social media and TV shows. I do it. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't or judging you, but we are encounter, we are fed these things all day, all day long, the views of the world, the culture, what people think, the way we should think, or they tell us that we should think, opinions, everyone has one, and everybody thinks they're right. But there's only one truth, and everything else is an opinion. There's just one truth. There isn't your truth or somebody else's truth, this is truth, the only one. Everything else is an opinion. Is your way of looking at it? Yes, but you know what? It doesn't have the same weight as God's word. His word is the last word. And many times as Christians, we're sitting here not knowing even what we believe. We lack discernment because our minds are not filled with the word of God. We're intoxicated with everything other than God's word. And at the end of the day, we don't even know how to clear our path. We don't know how to walk in a pure way. We are easily swayed. We're fast prey for the enemy. When things get tough, we don't know where we stand. We have left our minds and our hearts vulnerable to the lies because we don't know the truth. We go again by our feelings and our emotions and what seems right to us. But let me show you this verse. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but its end, it's the way of death. Like, whoa, that got dark. It got real. <laughs> because that's us. We think we have it, we think we know, we think we don't need the map, we think we don't need the GPS. I know the way I'm gonna lead myself. And he says, stop. The way that seems right to you, that seems straight to you, could be the way, if it's not God's way, that leads you to destruction. We take his word so lightly sometimes almost as if it were another opinion, another add-on. I ask myself, is it the light onto our path? Is it the anchor that we cling to? Is it the compass of our lives? And yes, I know you might be sitting there and you might be saying, Paula, have you read the whole Bible? Because there's some really weird stuff in there, some hard stuff, some stuff that I don't think I can deal with. Some things that I just don't know that I can come to, like, understand or really believe. But this is where trust and your actual relationship with the author of this book comes in. You don't read this book on your own and expect 
expect to understand it. That's why the psalmist was saying, open my eyes. Only God can do that. But you know what? When you spend time with him and in his word, even the things, when things get tough, when you don't understand, when it's painful, when life hits you in ways you never expected, when everything falls apart, you don't. Or when there's so much you don't understand, you know that he's still good and he's still worth following and he's still worth obeying. It's okay to wrestle with hard truths. It's okay. You can wrestle all you want, but you must keep believing. You must keep reading. You must keep in it until he transforms your heart and renews your mind. I want you to look at this verse in John 6 with me. It's actually very interesting because John 6, what was happening here, Jesus had just talked about something, and it was very, uh, in a Jesus way, it just ruffled all the feathers, right? It made everybody super uncomfortable, and people were like, you know what, this guy's crazy, I'm going to walk away. So it's exactly what was happening. In John 6, 60, Let's read it. It says, When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe it. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe, and it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. And after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. But look at this. Verse 67 says, So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go as well? It's basically opening the door. Are you, gonna, are you also going to leave? Are you also offended by what I just said? And Simon, Peter, he, could, he was so smart sometimes. He answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and then come to know that you are the Holy One of God. They got it. They understood it. They knew him. And they said, you know what, Jesus? Sometimes you come out with some really weird stuff. Sometimes the things that you say, I don't know how we're going to do them. But I know you. I've come to know you. I've come to see your walk. I know who you are. I know that you are good. I know that you're the Holy One. Where else, Jesus, am I going to go? Where? Where am I going to turn to? Who else am I going to follow? Yes, this is hard, and life is going to be hard, and sometimes the things that God asks us to do are going to be really, really hard, but where else are you going to go? Who else are we going to turn to? Yes, there is a place for our emotions and our feelings and our opinions, but it's not above the Word of God. You cannot base your life on how you feel at the moment, what seems right to you. We must anchor on the Word of God 
Otherwise, we will be moved by everything and anything. It's like we're swimming against the strongest current of all. Have you been to the beach and just stood there when it was really strong current and all of a sudden you are not paying attention and you were by like, I don't know, governors and you, and you end up in like the tip of West Bay? I don't know, that's an exaggeration, but yes. It pulls you, doesn't it? You're not paying attention, you're just standing there chatting it up and then all of a sudden you're all the way over there. You didn't even notice. It's the current, it moved you. You didn't notice it, you didn't feel it. Maybe you're like, oh my stuff, whoa, whoa, who are these people? You know, where's my stuff? It's the same thing. It drags you. You're just standing in it, and it drags you. You have to constantly be doing what? Uh, this, is it. this is my stuff. I need to be moving back. I need to be fighting the current all the time if I want to stay where I'm supposed to be staying. You may think that you are standing firm. You may think you've got this, but don't be fooled. We have to actively fight the current. We have to actively move ourselves back. We have to actively renew our minds by the consumption of Scripture. And you will find that if you don't, when you realize it, you will have drift incredibly far away. We have to know the truth for ourselves. People are falling like flies. If you follow any kind of news, Christian leaders all of a sudden are like, you know what, I don't even believe this anymore. And we're all like, what? What's happening? They turn, I don't know, maybe they, something was too difficult for them to grapple with. I have absolutely no idea, but I am going to tell you that it's not going to get better organically. It's probably going to get harder and worse. And you and I, have to be standing in his word. Look at what Romans 12 says. Romans 12, 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So how do we renew our minds? How do we do this? How can a young man keep his way pure? Keeping his word. Keeping his word. Seeking his word. Asking God, Lord, help me not to wander from your commandments. Let me treasure up your word in my heart in such a way that I do not sin against you. That when I want to, it comes up. And it reminds me, you know that this is not the way. It's already in you. It's already in you. It must be in us. We know movie quotes. I can tell you an entire episode of Friends without even looking at the screen. Like that, I'm not even embarrassed, guys. Not even embarrassed. But we, we know all these things. We know movies and we know TV shows and we know books and I don't even know what else you might know but you, but we fill our minds and our hearts we we are capable because some people say that well, it was too hard how am I going to be memorizing it I'm sorry how do you memorize all these other things we can do it by his power we can do it it's a repeated action I must do this every single day I have to plan my life around it I have to plan my life around this word. We cannot say we love him and disregard his word in the same breath. 
We cannot say we know him and in the same breath ignore what he says. We cannot. God has exalted his word and his name above all things. It says that in Psalm 138, verse 2. He has exalted it above all things. To him, this is the most important thing. Do you want to know what God wants? Read the word. Do you want to know how he thinks? Open this. Be in it. Let, it. let it wash your mind, basically. Let it change the way you think. Do you want to know his will for you? Read it. Do you want to be transformed and renewed in your mind? Read it. Do you want to start, stand firm through the storms, through the trials, through the temptations of life? Read it. Meditate it. Memorize it. Obey it and believe it. Obey it and believe it. Make it everything. And don't just read it. Don't, don't do this. Oh, Jesus is speaking to me. Jesus wept. I must, be, I must cry today. No! What other book do you just read one section of it and then make a whole assumption out of it? Nothing. You read all other books from the beginning to the end, don't you? Don't pick and choose. Don't pick and choose bits and pieces of this book. Read it all. Get the whole perspective. Read all of it. Oh my gosh, I have to read numbers and not the do-do-do-do something in there. Yes, there's good stuff. Maybe start with the New Testament. Give yourself a break. And then we go to the back, okay? But you must know what he says. Look at this, Deuteronomy 11. <laughs> I, did, I knew it, I knew it. 11, 19, I can't talk, 21. <laughs> this was God's instruction to his people at the very beginning, and it still stands for us today. This, has, this was how they were supposed to teach their children the word of God. But you know what? You must teach the word of God to yourself like this. And it says, you shall teach them diligently to your children or myself, impressing God's precepts on your mind, penetrating their hearts with his truth. Speak of them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you rise up and you shall write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them. As long as the heavens are above the earth. This is how we do it. You write them on your heart. You write them on your mind. You read them. You talk about them. In the morning when you wake up, the first thing you do, you read it. You meditate on it. You think about it. You memorize it. You make it everything. You make it everything. You speak of it. Before you go to sleep, you, you live and breathe this book. God knew that it was going to get really hard. He knew that we weren't going to be able to make it on our own, so he left his word for us. This is our guide. And Maybe you're here and you're saying, Paula, I get so bored when I read the Bible. That's okay. 
You can say that to him. He's not going to be mad. You can come to him and say, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't even understand anything. This is confusing. That's okay. You can say what Psalm 118, 119.18 was saying. Open my eyes. Come to his word as a student and say, I'm here. I'm going to start with maybe just John because Deuteronomy sounds a little too intimidating today. But let me read through John. Let me read through the Psalms. Let me get some wisdom from the Proverbs. Let me dive into this book and trust that you are going to open up my eyes. And my prayer is that one day we can say what he says in one, Psalm 119.97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day long. May this be the prayer of our hearts. Jesus, open our eyes to your wonderful truths. Jesus, make us women of your word. Make us women who honor your word and treasure your word. Yes, we wrestle with it, but we need you. Where else are we going to go? We fail, but Jesus, help us to honor your word and let it be the guide of our life. Let's stand up and pray together. Before we sing one last song with Lisa, um, just right there where you are, why don't you either hold somebody's hand or put your hand on somebody just so you feel that you're with someone. (laughs) If you're not very touchy, you can do the spiritual hold over them situation, but whatever. (laughs) We're all sisters here, guys. Come on. Hold somebody's hand, you will be okay. And I'm going to pray, but you know what? Pray for your sister. Pray for whoever you're holding their hand. Pray for them that God will open up their eyes. That God will bring light into their life. That they will be able to know him. That they will be able to embrace his word. That they will be able to find Jesus in these words. I'm going to pray, but you pray as well. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for tonight. I thank you for all of these amazing women that I'm looking at. God, I thank you that they're here. I thank you that they're hungry for you. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. There was a reason for them to be here tonight, God. And I pray, Jesus, that as we walk away from this place tonight, that you would open up our hearts to your word, that you would give us a hunger for your word, that you would make us students of the word, women of the word, that we would base our lives on you, that we would stand on it when it gets rough, that we would stand on it when we don't understand, that we would come to you with questions, and that we would see you answer them in your word. Jesus, let us not be swayed or moved. Let us stand firm in you. We need you, Lord. That is the cry of our hearts. We need you, and we thank you for your word, for your spirit, and for what you're going to do in our hearts. Amen.